Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. I truly believe that this message, that all of you here today are going to leave this morning strengthened in your faith and strengthened in in your relationship with Christ. And that's really what I, I hope that you get out of this message today. I've titled this message, Get Stronger. Get Stronger. So many people, that when they hit a situation, many people have the mindset that they can't do it, that they're not strong enough, and maybe they've reasoned themselves out of being able to overcome that situation. Um, maybe they're, they're afraid of that situation. Maybe they, they don't feel qualified to overcome that situation. Maybe they don't feel like they deserve that situation, but, but everybody runs up against a situation that's difficult. You know, we're all probably in those kinds of situations right now. And uh, I want all of you to leave here knowing that you have the strength to overcome, to persevere, to trust God in every situation, and that your situation will change. In Christ, you always will find the strength that you need to keep going and to overcome. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of of his might. You see, that's where our strength comes from. You hear that God is almighty. That means he's got all the might. And when you choose to draw strength from him, when you strengthen yourself in the almighty God, you always have the strength you need. You always have the answer you need. You always have the resources that you need to do whatever you want to do, to pursue the promise, to obtain the victory. It's in your grasp. You can do it. You can overcome. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. We're going to talk about what being strong looks like because I think a lot of people misunderstand what strength looks like. I think a lot of people think that that strength is putting on a facade and acting like you have it all together or, you know, faking it till you make it or, you know, just just doing your best or not crying or there's all these different perceptions of what strength is. But I want to look at what strength actually is and we're going to look at the life of David And I love talking about David, King David, the greatest king that ever lived. There's so many lessons from his life. Every time I read about him, I learn something new. And this is one of my favorite lessons about the life of King David. And unfortunately, I don't don't have a lot of time to go into his background, so I'd encourage you all to go read about him. We're going to be talking about, I think we're going to be talking about this message in life groups this week. Um, So I'd encourage you to go do some research on it. Go do some reading in 1 Samuel chapter 16. There's some, some amazing background to the story of David that I think you could all benefit from, but I'm just going to kind of summarize. So before David was king, he was chosen. He was the least favored son out of his entire family. Uh, They didn't really consider him. They didn't really think much of him. He was a shepherd. He watched his father's sheep, but he was chosen out of the entire nation of Israel, out of all of his family, to be the next king of Israel. Well, it was was a process. It didn't happen right away. Um, There was a, a long process of being faithful and a, a lot of rejection that he faced. He faced rejection from his own family. Um, he, he ended up facing rejection from the current king of Israel, King Saul. Uh, king Saul tried to have him killed multiple times um, because he was jealous of David. He faced so much rejection, he ended up getting exiled uh, out of the land, and, and he ran um, to the, the land of the Philistines, which was the enemy of the nation of Israel. Are y'all following? Y'all know the story? So he ends up fleeing, and 600 men end up joining David, men that are faithful and loyal to David, and they support him, and and, uh, they they love David. And so he spent some time in in the nation of the Philistines, and 
he ends up going uh, to, to fight a battle with them, long story short, and, and they end up saying, no, we don't trust you, we don't want you to fight with us, and so they send him home. Well, he, again, faced rejection like he was used to. He faced rejection now from his enemies. Like, how bad is that? You face rejection from your own nation, and now your enemies. It's like, what is going on? Um, so he ends up going home with his men to this village that they had. They'd been given their own village. They'd been able to raise a family. They'd been able to gather possessions. Um, and, and they had their own town. And they end up going home to this town only to find that it had been completely burnt to the ground, that all of their families had been taken captives, that all of their possessions had been stolen. Everything had been taken from them. It was, I can imagine, that's, that's the lowest of the lowest situation that anybody could ever be in. You face rejection your entire life from everybody that you know, from everything that you love, and then you lose every single thing that you've ever had. This is the, the lowest moment that I believe that anybody could ever be in. And so they, they get to the city, and David and his men are all with them, and at this point, they're already exhausted. They've been traveling. It's been a long journey. But then his friends start talking about stoning him and killing him because they're so frustrated and so hurt by what's happened. And so I'm going to read what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. So they just got to the city and realized that it had been raided. It says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself. Jeremiah Land would say strengthened himself. Um, that's what he did when he was facing the lowest moment of his life. He, he was facing so much loss, so much failure, so much fear, so much unsurety, so, so much of, of there's nothing that he could do at that moment. There's no reasonable outcome to where he could get his family back. There's nothing that he and his men could do, and now his men are turning against him. This is such a, a hard position to be in, but David realized there was still one thing that he could do, and that was to turn to the Lord for strength. It says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. He turned to God because he realized, my strength isn't enough. He realized, I can't do it on my own. He realized that if, if, if I'm relying on myself, that this is the end. This is a dead end, and it is over. My friends are going to stone me. It's done. I'm never going to be king. But he realized that God still had a plan, and he strengthened himself in the Lord. That's what being strong looks like. Being strong isn't relying upon what you look like or, or how strong you can be or any physical aspect of yourself. Being strong is relying upon God's strength and walking by faith and trusting Him that no matter how bad the situation is, you're going to believe what He has said and you're going to look to Him for guidance. That's what real strength looks like and that's what David chose to do in that moment. Because the, the truth is, if you're relying upon yourself for strength, you're only going to go so far. There's only so many things that you can do. There's only so many victories that you can win. But when you choose to draw from God's strength, the, the potential is limitless. There's nothing you can't achieve, nothing you can't accomplish. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. 
The cool thing is that God literally lives inside of you, and because of that, you always have access to the unlimited power that is in Jesus Christ. And you always have the answer with you. You always have the, the, the strength that you need to keep going. And so we're going to continue reading from here in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and we're going to look at the three things that David did immediately after he chose to strengthen himself in the Lord and what they mean for us today, because it's powerful. If you choose to strengthen yourself in the Lord, there's literally nothing you can't do. It's so, so amazing. So the first thing that, that he did that we can all do is seek direction in the destruction. Seek direction in the destruction. So again, David had lost everything. It was ruins, ashes, everything was burning, everything was gone. He'd hit a dead end. There was a wall. There was nothing he could do about it. And he had every reason to quit and give up and throw his hands up because in, in reality, there was no answer to that situation, but he chose to strengthen himself in the Lord. And we're going to look at it in verses 7 and 8. It says, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically to summarize a garment that the priest would wear to communicate with God. It's like an ancient cell phone to God. Like, that's what it was. Go Google it. It's, it looks really cool. It's got a lot of meaning behind it. Um, but he asked him to bring it to him so that he could have a conversation with God. And it says, David inquired of the Lord, saying... Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? So the very first thing that David did after strengthening himself in the Lord was to turn to God for guidance, was to look for an answer because he realized you know, there may not be an answer, but there's an answer. You know, I, I may not see it, but God does. God has something that I can do here. When everything was lost, David was able to find direction. He was able to find a solution where there really wasn't a solution. Uh, if any of you have ever heard of the African impala, you know that it's a really cool animal. Um, I was reading some facts about it, and I read that the African impala can run 50, up to six, 56 miles per hour. All right, that's extremely fast, that, very fast. They can jump to a height of over 10 feet, and they can cover a distance of greater than 30 feet. Okay, so they can jump really far. And keep in mind, these guys, they're probably, you know, around three foot tall. They're not extremely big, all right? But they can do a lot more than I can, all right? But something that's interesting about these impalas is that if you want to keep them in an enclosure or in captivity, like in a zoo or something, you don't have to have some big old fence or anything. I mean, if it's just a normal chain link fence, 10 foot tall, they'll just jump right over it, all right? There's not a lot you can do about that. But they realize that if I set up a solid wall that's three foot tall, the impalas will not jump over that. Because there's something interesting about an impala, is if they can't see what's on the other side, and they don't know what they're jumping to, they won't jump. And they'll live their entire lives in captivity just because they don't realize that there's freedom on the other side of that fence that they can actually jump over because to them, it just looks like a wall. It looks like a dead end, and they don't realize that there's something beyond that wall. You may see a dead end in your situation, but God sees a pathway. 
you may see something that you can never cross. You may see something that you can never overcome, but God sees a stepping stone for you to get to where you're going and to walk into the promise that he's taking you into. And so instead of throwing your hands up and giving up and quitting and and just saying that I can never be good enough, I can never do this, choose to strengthen yourself and the Lord and start seeing things how he sees them because he sees an answer. And if you start seeing things through the eyes of faith, you will see that same answer. You will see the pathway to victory. You will see the the direction that you need to take. You will know what you need to do in every situation because you're not relying on yourself. You're relying on the almighty God, the maker of the universe, the one who can do anything. And it's through him that you can do anything as well. You've got to turn to God and strengthen yourself in him because there is always an answer, but you can't always see it if you're relying on your own strength. You're not always going to be able to fix every single situation yourself. You've got to be able to, to rely upon God. So strengthen yourself in the Lord and, and find direction in the direct destruction. Find direction in the destruction. The second thing that David did that we can all do is gain the power to persevere. Gain the power to persevere. We pick up in verse 9. Or the next thing David did, it says, So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. Pastor Eric says they couldn't cross because they be sore. Literally said that. It's not my joke. I just feel like I had to tell you what he would say in that situation. He literally, I hear him say that. I read the script. Every time I read the scripture, I can't read it without hearing his bad jokes. And like they're stuck in my mind. And so every time I read this, I'm like, oh, it's because they be sore. I'm like, oh, what am I thinking? Oh. Anyway. So this is a third of David's men got so exhausted that they had to stay behind. And keep in mind, their families are on the line. Their possessions are on the line. Everything that they have is on the line. And so if they were too exhausted to keep going, you know that they're exhausted. You know that like they can't walk any further. Because if it was my family, I'd go until I die. Like I'm not stopping. And that's probably what's going on here. They're not just tired. Oh, I'm going to take a break. No, they're exhausted. And a third of the men ended up having to stop because they could not go any further. But when a third of the men had to stay behind, David was able to keep going because he had found strength in the Lord. And because he had found strength in the Lord, he was able to persevere and to keep going without growing tired. Recently, I just took a trip to the Philippines, and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I had, I had a blast. I got to go hang out with um, one of our church members, Josh Quintero, who's stationed in the Marines over at the embassy in Manila, the Philippines. Uh, so I got to go hang out with him for a week, and we got to do a lot of cool things. One of the things, I don't did any of you see on the news this morning about the volcano that's exploding in the Philippines today? Okay. Of course, Stacy did, because she's the, the, the mom that follows that. Uh, but there's a pretty big volcano in the Philippines that is, is exploding today. It's a huge deal and uh, super cool, because that's actually a volcano that we got to go hike up to the top of a few months back when we went. So I'm like, that's crazy, because it hasn't exploded in 40 years. Um, but it was just such a fun trip. Like, we got to go do a lot of exploring, got to go see waterfalls, and, and go to do a lot of cool things. But my biggest fear going on this trip was for my phone to die, all right? Because 
I, uh, I, I didn't buy any international plan or anything or any, you know, sometimes they sell those like portable SIM cards that you can take in another country. I didn't do anything like that. Um, I was kind of out in a remote area most of the time. I didn't know most of the languages, any of the languages that these people <laughs> spoke. Um, I only know English. Uh, I, I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> I didn't know directions while I was there. And I was terrified that if my phone dies, I'm not going to be able to look up directions. I'm going to get lost and I'm going to die here. Like, that's my biggest fear. And so I, uh, short of going and buying like a, a, one of those big, fancy portable chargers, I, uh, over the years I've collected some of those smaller portable chargers just from like Christmas stocking presents and stuff. And so I had like three of these that I fully charged and I'm like, my phone is not gonna die. So I'm charging these every chance I get. I'm charging my phone. I'm trying to stay off it. Even on the plane ride, I'm like, I'm not gonna use my phone. I'm just gonna be bored the entire time because I can't have my phone die. And so I go through this whole process. Meanwhile, Josh, he, has, he had that big portable charger, and it kept his phone charged like the entire week. And I'm stressing out the entire week because I'm going through these chargers really fast. I'm like, my phone's going to die. But I was thinking about it when I would go, go home to the hotel at night, and I would, I would plug my phone into the wall outlet, and I wouldn't be stressed because I realized that like, as long as my phone is plugged into the power source that doesn't run out, that I don't have to worry about it dying. Listen, whenever you choose to strengthen yourself in the Lord, you are accessing a power source that will never run out. You are accessing the well that never runs dry. You're tapping into the river of life and and, and an unlimited potential of resources. And as long as you continue to strengthen yourself in the Lord, you'll always have the strength you need. You'll always have the endurance. You'll always have the perseverance. You never have to grow weary doing what you're doing. You never have to, to be convinced that you need to give up because you'll know that you can keep going and that you have it in you. You'll find the power to persevere through every situation. When Jesus encountered the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he said this to her. He was explaining basically who he was as the Messiah and talking about the salvation. And he said this. He said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but the water that I have to give you will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting, will never, sorry, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. What Jesus is saying is what I have to offer will never leave you dry. And if, if you choose to put your faith in me and trust me, then you'll never need anything else. And I want to challenge you to do that, to continue to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And when you feel like giving up or you feel like you can't do it or you feel like you're too tired, well, strengthen yourself in the Lord and continue to trust him because you can do it. You can keep persevering. You can overcome and you will attain that victory that God has promised you. God told David that he was going to recover everything. And David knew I mean, he knew, he was so convinced that if I pursue, I will recover everything that was stolen from me. Listen, God has promised you a victory in every situation, every single one, your family, your finances, your health, all of it. It's all been promised to you as a victory. And all you got to do is believe it. And I, I promise you, when you choose to put your faith in that promise and you choose to look at the finish line, you'll find the strength that you need to keep going. You'll find the, the encouragement that you need and, and the, the cheerleading that you need to keep pushing forward. You will recover all. Choose to have faith that everything's going to work out. And when you think you can't go any further, you can. So keep going and don't quit.
and don't give up. And, and I'm not saying, oh, well, now I'm going to go pick up a third job because I can do it. I'm not talking about something that you can do on your own. I'm not saying to overexert yourself and to overcommit yourself and push yourself beyond the point of stress because I, I think that I used to have that mindset. I mean, I used to have that mindset where, yeah, God's going to provide, so I've got to work my butt off. I've got to be stressed all the time. I've got I've to do all of this because that's how I'm going to receive the promise of God. But then I realized that I was actually putting my faith in myself, and I was actually, actually trusting on my own strength. But the strength of God says you don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to run yourself down into the ground, run yourself dry. You don't have to live life on empty. You can continually be filled and refilled and refilled with the strength of God, and you can trust him knowing that he's going to provide for every single one of your needs, every single one of your lacks, every single one of your ailments, every single one of your family members. God is faithful, and you can rest assured you can keep pushing forward because you can trust him. People around you are going to quit, and, and they're going to say to give up, and they're going to think that you're not smart for putting your faith in God and, and for persevering even when the situation doesn't look pretty. But you're going to know that giving up is not an option, that quitting isn't on the table, uh, because you know that God is going to come through for you every single time. Don't question whether it's worth it. I think a lot of, a lot of times we'll say, well, okay, I know that I can have this victory, but is it really worth it? Is it worth the hardship that i got to go through? Is it worth continuing to walk by faith. It's tiring. Is it worth the resources, the, the stress, the whatever, which again, doesn't have to be the case. But I, I think a lot of people get in their mind that, well, maybe it's just not worth it. It's not worth fighting the good fight of faith. But I want to tell you guys, the promise is always worth the perseverance. The faith that you continue to hold on to and the race that you continue to run, it's always worth it when you get to the, the victory line. So don't give up. Don't quit. Do it because you can do it and you will overcome and you will recover all. This third thing that David did that we can all do as well, use your strength to strengthen others. Use your strength to strengthen others. And in the next verse, chapter, verse 11 and 12, it says, Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate, and they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten... His strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. So they're pursuing the people that stole their family and their possessions. And they encounter this Egyptian. Keep in mind, they've got a mission. They didn't even stop to take a break for the people that were too exhausted to go any further. They said, hey, I'd rather have these 400 people and we just keep going and we keep pushing forward than to have 600 people but waste time. And they didn't even stop for that, but they came across this Egyptian. And Yes, I think that they realize this Egyptian can help us find the army that we're, we're chasing after. But they took, it seems like they took their time helping this guy. It says they, they fed him, they gave him water, they helped strengthen him, they helped him recover. This wasn't just some unintentional thing that they needed to do to get to where they were going, but they were very intentional about stopping, taking time to help this man. And David, I think we can learn from this because David, he wasn't at his destination. He didn't have 
necessarily the answer. He didn't have the victory yet that God had promised. He wasn't walking in what he was believing for. He was just trying to get there. He was exhausted. He probably wasn't in the right mindset. But I think there's a lesson here that we can all learn because he still took the time to strengthen somebody else. Because strength, those who are strong will strengthen others. Being strong, part of being strong is you choosing and making the decision to strengthen others, to encourage others, to help others with whatever they're going through and taking time out of your busy routine to do that. I'm about to share a story that I talk a lot about when I preach because it was a very life-defining moment um, in my past. Uh, it was a year and a half ago when our youth group lost one of our students, and that was an extremely hard thing for me to walk through. And I tell this a lot because I learned a lot from this process. I'd never dealt with grief. I'd never dealt with loss, especially somebody that I was extremely close to. And so when that happened, it was an extremely difficult thing for me to deal with. One, I, I had to be the pastor in the situation. I had to be there for the family. I had to be there for the students. I had to be there for all the people, the parents that, that were impacted. And, and it wasn't that I minded. I loved getting to be the person to help people. But I think the question came across my mind quite a bit. How can I effectively help somebody else when I'm dealing with the same thing? When I have turmoil going on inside of me, and I'm hurt, and I'm broken. How can I tell somebody that it's going to be all right when I, I'm not walking in that? And that was something that I, I really had to overcome. When we got to the, the funeral service that we had, we called it a celebration service because that's what it was. it was. It was a blast, honestly. We had a good time. And um, it was you know, 20, 20 minutes before I got up to speak at it, and I'm just bawling to Pastor Eric. I'm a mess, and I'm like... I don't know how I'm going to get up here. Like, what, how am I going to do this? What am I going to say? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I'm hurting. I don't know. And he just kept saying, you can do it. You can do it. Just, you, you can do it. You know, God's going to be with you, and you can do it. And so I made the decision. I'm not, I, I'm not strong right now. Yeah, I, I can't physically do this on my own, but I made the decision to step out in faith and trust God and to rely on his strength to fill my lack of strength. And one of the biggest steps of faith that I've ever had to take was, was doing that. And I, I got up on stage, and I, I preached a solid message, and people gave their life to the Lord, and, and people talked about how encouraged they were. And I, I realized in that moment that, like, that was what the strength of God looks like, is being fully reliant upon what he can do and not what you can do on your own. And I realized that I didn't have to have it all together. I didn't have to know all the answers. I didn't have to be perfect to show people what strength looks like. You don't have to, to be the picture of perfection in order to strengthen others. You don't have to have already completed the race. You just have to be running it. You don't have to know the answers to every single question and every situation. You just have to be intentional about sharing the love of God with people in every situation, in every moment, because God is the answer that this entire world needs. And you don't have to, to wait until you have it all figured out until you can show someone else that, that same love and that same encouragement. But take some time with where you are now, whatever season you're in, whatever race you're running, to, to be intentional about sharing the love of God, encouraging others, help bringing strength to those who don't have those strengths. Because everybody needs strength. And, and being in pain and, and dealing with things, they don't make you weak. They just they, they make you human. That's part of being human. But 
What makes you strong is walking in faith despite that pain and despite that weakness. And that's what people need to see. People need to see that strength, not that perfection. Don't get so focused on where you're going that you forget to help pull people with you along the way, that that you overlook the people who need what you have, because that's what strength is. And I found when I got up there that actually I was strengthened myself by standing on, str- on stage when I was hurting and strengthening others. Like, it's like I found, a, what, found out what a new level of strength looked like because, like I said, it was that moment that I had no way of relying on myself. I couldn't trust my emotions. I couldn't trust my words, but I could trust God. And, and it encouraged me. It built my own faith. And I want to challenge you all to do the same, you know, even, even when you don't have all the answers. Strengthen someone else. Bring them up alongside with you. Later on in one of the Psalms, King David, he said in Psalm 23, verse 5, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. David realized that God was so good to him that the resources that he had through faith in God were more than what he could even handle. They were more than what he could ever hold. And and this was something that David lived in his life. He lived that strength, and he still helped others. He was so generous. He was such a, a good leader, and he was so he, he looked for the best in so many people who didn't deserve it. And, and he really understood what it looked like to have been blessed by God so much that it was just spilling out and, and, to, and that he couldn't even contain it. God's strength for you is, is so much that you, you have to share it with others. You have to help strengthen others. That's part of what being strong looks like. When you draw from strength from the Lord, you'll always have the strength you need to strengthen others. And so to conclude this story, it has an amazing ending in verse 16 that says, and when he had brought him down. So what happens is the Egyptian ended up helping them to find the army that they're pursuing. And so they ended up finding the army, and that's where we pick up. They're about to recover everything that was stolen. It says, and when he had brought him down, there they were spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until evening of the next day. Keep in mind, there's only 400 of these guys left. They're already exhausted. They've been traveling for a really long time. They're emotionally drained. They've lost everything. But they attacked this army from twilight until the next evening. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. Keep in mind, David's army is only 400, but they're saying that the 400 who escaped was nothing compared to the overall size of the army. So the size of the army that David destroyed had to have been so big that that was, that was nothing to them. But they were able to do it not because they were well-rested, not because they were well-fed, not because they had some big strategy planned out, but because they were relying on the Lord for strength. It says, so David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs were lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. David recovered all everything, and not just what was stolen, but he got so much more. Listen, there's a victory in store for you, and maybe you've hit, some, uh, hit a situation where you've lost literally everything. There's still a promise for you. 
Maybe you've hit a, a situation where you can't figure out what the answer is, or you don't know how you're ever going to get there, or you've given up, or maybe you're thinking about giving up, but don't give up, because there's an end in sight, and that end is far better than what you could have ever imagined and what you could have ever hoped for. God's got a future and a plan for your life. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't overlooked you. He hasn't left you alone. He hasn't punished you. He hasn't been angry with you, and he never will. He loves you because you're his son. You're his daughter. He wants to provide for you. He wants to protect you. He wants to restore everything that was stolen from you. When something's stolen from you, God takes it personally because it's stealing from him. He's not just going to let that go. He's not, he's going to give you back everything that was stolen from you and he's going to give you more than what was stolen from you. So don't give up. Don't lose faith. Don't lose heart. Keep persevering. Keep trusting God because I promise the victory is coming and it's worth it. It's worth every, every, ounce of patience that you put to patience. We all hate patience, but keep having it because it'll pay off. And maybe, I I know I was talking to someone earlier, I have trouble having patience and waiting for the promise. But remember, it's worth it. It's so, so worth it. Seek direction in the destruction. Gain the power to persevere and use your strength to strengthen others. And you will win every single time. You will recover all. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you for every single person that you've brought here this morning. Thank you that no matter what situation they're in, God, no matter what they've been dealing with this week, no matter, God, you see them. You know them individually, and you love every single one of them individually, God. You don't just love us as a church, which you do, but you love them all individually, and you know them. You know the struggle. You know the hurt. You know the tears. You know the pain. You know the loss. You know the failure. You know the mistakes. You get it, God. You, you take that personally. But God, I thank you that no matter how discouraged that they've been today, no matter how weak they feel, no matter how useless they feel, God, that strength is rising on the inside of every single one of them because they're placing their faith in you. They're choosing to strengthen themselves in you, God, and I thank you for faith rising. I thank you for them to be encouraged and strengthened, God, that right now they're making the decision to believe that nothing is impossible for them. Absolutely nothing is too big absolutely nothing is too small, nothing is too hard, nothing is too long. God, they can do it through your strength, and I thank you for strengthening them. God, those who maybe have given up because they think that, that they've tried, maybe, maybe they're looking at past experiences and the, the mistakes that they've made or the things that have happened, and they're trying to justify what will happen, God, but I thank you that they're, they're putting the past aside right here, right now, right this moment, that they're not looking behind them, because if they're looking behind them, they're not going to be able to look what, at what's in front of them, and that's the promise that you have for them, and so I thank you that they're keeping their eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith, God, that they're running this race with endurance, that they're not giving up, that those who are tired, God, you're renewing their strength. You're bringing the youth back. God, I thank you for perseverance, for strength, for energy, for motivation. God, I thank you that that those who, who came in here stressed, 
feeling like they have to do everything on their own and, and they spend nights staying up and thinking about it and stressing about it and they lose sleep, God, but I thank you that you're quieting every stress, every fear, every concern, God, that you're filling the void with your peace. And I thank you that your peace that passes all understanding will guard their hearts and their minds. God, you love them. We love you. I thank you for changing lives, for encouraging those who came in weak and weary, God, that they're leaving strong and healthy. I speak strength, and I speak health to every single body here. In the name of Jesus, Father, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.